0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF One Sports Show for January 16th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. We have an absolutely loaded episode for you today. My boy Reed and I are going to look back at the Super Wild Card weekend, share our divisional round bets, and Gino will have his horse racing bet the day from Fairgrounds. But before we get into all that, I'd like to say thank you to the sponsor of the show, the Parlay Play. If you're not using Parlay Play, you are really missing out. Make sure to go to Parlay Play in the App Store, download it, use NFL Benning Blitz for 100% deposit match. Basically, what it is, it is a platform where you can parlay together two players, any sport, they even have X, um, whatever it's called, with video games. I don't really know because I don't follow that stuff. But you can do that together. Parlay Fantasy Points Targets. It is a great site. If you're not using it, you are missing out. Link to that is in the description below on YouTube. Now let's see what Geno has. For our horse racing
1: weather day over at Fairgrounds. It's a big weekend coming up at Fairgrounds on Saturday. They have the Lecompt and a bunch of stakes races, all five uh, in the late pick five or stakes races. And one of those is race number 10. Like always, I'm looking at the DRF past performances, drf.com for anything you need. If you ever want to play the races, uh, they have all of the handicapping helpers, all of the tools, or if you just want the PPs like this. I like the number one in here, Perfect Shot. You can see with this filly, she's improved in each of her three races, and she's shown progression in, uh, in all three of them. Now, in her debut, she lost to a horse named Jin Jin, and that filly just came back and won the Busanda over the weekend. Um, so, shows you that in that debut, she lost to a good horse. Then, she stretches out a little bit in her second start, and she's on a sloppy racetrack that day. She still runs a really good second, but the horse who wins that race goes wire to wire. No passing. Third start stretches out a little bit more and she's able to get from wide early all the way up to second to press. It was a nice effort. And the race has already come back strong because the horse that she beat, the horse that ran second, Shiloh's Mistress, she came back and just won over at Turfway Park and earned a nice speed figure uh, when doing so. So I just look at the way this filly has progressed. And now she's in this spot where she has a little bit of versatility. I don't think she'll be right on the lead, but she can sit very close. She can save ground from the rail. Miss Code West will probably be forwardly placed depending on if play good, pay good is in. That one will probably be in the mix early on as well. A couple of these others can show some speed. That's why I love the fact that She has some versatility to her. She'll be saving ground from the inside. The number one, perfect shot. She's four to one on the morning line. If she's anything over five to two, I think that's very fair value and worthy of a win wager on perfect shot. Good luck this weekend. And uh, make sure to tune in each and every week for all the best information in sports from Eric right here. Good luck.
0: Make sure to give my boy Gino a follow at it's me, Gino B. I'm on his podcast every single week talking NBA, NFL, College basketball, college football, you name it. I talk to him about it every single Friday. Now let's welcome this week's special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, my boy Reed. Reed, how you doing, my man?
2: Doing good, Eric. How are you doing yourself?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We got a couple questions firing up in this in the chat, and we have to start with this one, my first, because you and I are in the midst of it. How's the weather?
2: It's cold. However cold it, it is. It's colder.
0: It is so flipping cold here, dude.
2: It's so, so cold,
0: flipping cold. Oh my god. I have my I have my I I have a car heart on. I was rocking all car heart today. It is so flipping cold. Um let's make some money. I need some college basketball futures. Okay. Um I'll tell you who i like who could make a run i think texas a&m could make a run with that guard they have taylor they have the rebounding they can make some threes that's going to be a team that could possibly make some make a run already i think new mexico has the potential to be this year's florida atlantic and i'm going to always bet on my boys michigan state anyone jump off the page at you just off the top of your head for any futures my friend
2: uh no i probably shouldn't be given too much advice i haven't followed i haven't gotten two into college basketball recently. Um, Only team I thought I did like was uh, the Illini, but I I saw them lose to Maryland the other day, so they didn't look great. And they're they're top guards out also. So I won't give any advice for that.
0: I hate the Lakers. Nice call on Cincy. Thank you, my friend. Dell chimes in. What's wrong with Jalen Hurts?
2: A lot. I think he's...
0: I think he's missing um, Shane Steichen. I think not having him yeah. there is huge. You're going to a guy that's never called plays before. Huge ground grade. I know he has a relationship with him because he did coach him in high school ball, and he is friends with it, Hertz's dad. But Steichen was key in Herbert's development, key in Hertz's development. And look what he get to Minshew. That's three places in a row where he's elevated someone. And now you see Herbert not really be Herbert since he left. Hurts not really be Hurts. I think, no, Shane Slakin is the reason for Jalen Hurts struggling. Sports facts, Maryland, is, Missouri, sorry, is so bad. Yes. Yes, they are. C. Spear, what's next for the Eagles?
2: Uh, I mean, I... I, it, I wouldn't move off Sirianni just yet, but I'd start thinking about it. Um, I mean – I mean, you definitely got to get
0: DC. You can't have fat. You, have, you
2: can't, have can't have Patricia. can't Patricia go on the plays. I don't know. It, I mean, it looked like they quit last night, frankly. Um, and, you know, you don't like to throw that word around in the NFL, but it was bad. I mean, I mean tackling was, was bad. Total, I mean, their back seven is
0: just embarrassing. Linebackers and DBs are just awful. That needs yeah. to be totally addressed this offseason. Um, you got to f- obviously sure up that offensive line. I really feel like the one thing they're gonna have this year is depth of the offensive line. They had some key offensive line injuries that yeah. hurt their running game. Uh, you need to give the ball to Swift more. I don't think you lose use him enough in the running game. Hertz obviously hasn't taken that step forward. You need to get someone in there, a better OC that will help him take that step forward and get a DC. C Spear also chimes out. Who's at fault in Dallas?
2: Uh, well, I think, I mean, you can, I don't think you can blame the point the finger at one person you've Dan Quinn, you know, calling the defense and where they, where were they yesterday um, on Sunday, nowhere to be found 48 points. I know one was a pick six and one was a pick inside the one, but you know, the other 34 were not all because of Dak, but then you also have Dak Prescott and I'll get to it more later, but he's coming out their first four drive for punt, pick, punt, pick. You can't come out in a playoff game at home as a seven point favorite and do that. And then lastly, Mike McCarthy, who's known for underperforming in the playoffs. I know he won the Super Bowl one year with Rogers, but the Packers for a while with him were struggling in the playoffs early on, especially um, I'm specifically thinking of that 15 and one year where they lost in the divisional um, McCarthy, historically not great in the playoffs. And then also Dak, a lot of his, all of his worst games come in the playoffs. It seems like, So I think you just kind of have like a a mix of people that, I don't know, they played, seemed like they came out and they played tight. Uh, Green Bay just like jumped on them and then, you know, like shock factor hit and it was 27, nothing before you could even blink.
0: They have always had an issue stopping the run. It was an issue last year. They drafted Smith from Michigan and it was still an issue. Lions beat them up physically. Bills beat them up physically and Aaron Jones in the wild card beat them up. I think who's at fault? They didn't address their, their run stop. They can't stop the run, and you need to do that in playoff football. NAA86, how about them Packers? Is McCarthy for sure gone? If so, Belichick said he's looking for a project, a, talent, a talented yet underachieving team. Is that the Cowboys, or where do you think he ends up? Atlanta?
2: I feel like uh I don't know, I feel like Belichick would prefer Atlanta over Dallas, despite the roster. I don't know if he wants to deal with uh Jones as an owner. Um, especially given like he just had full control in New England. I don't think he wants to suddenly pay because he, you know, he'll be second fiddle to Jerry Jones.
0: Um can Jordan Love follow in Brett and Aaron's footsteps? Let's hope not. Well, dude, but seriously, like you play the quarterback position, put your put your bias as a Chicago sports fan. No,
2: I mean he's yeah, he's he's really good. Um, he's he's able to make a throw uh, even when his feet aren't perfectly set um, accurately. Uh, You know, since I think it's like since week nine or whatever, he's twenty two picks, one touchdown. I mean, you could argue he's playing the best out of anyone in the league right now. Uh, the way they've been firing off recently. Uh, I think I saw like their DVOA since week nine is like up there with like it's the two. 2015. It's, it's two. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like literally like it's,
2: two. It's like one of like the best passing attacks in a while. Uh, yeah. I think it's really crazy. Um, Cause he in the first half of the year was not producing like that. Uh, and I would just say now, like, He's just got confidence about him. He's hitting throws from his back foot all the time. And you can tell he's playing with a lot more confidence. He's mimicking like what Rogers was doing. Yeah, Green Base, they've got something up there where they know how to uh let a guy sit for a couple of years and then uh turn him into a stud. Because you know, when Roger Rogers' first year started, it didn't look like this, like not even close. So yeah. I think it just it just took that young team some time to gel a little bit because. A lot of their problems early in the season where guys are just like running the wrong stuff or you know making rookie mistakes and now you've got all those i mean they're like they're four receivers all are from the last two drafts it's reed and wicks this year and then you had Dobbs and watson last year not a single first round guy all of them can play though um to some extent and yeah it, i think it was a perfect storm of kind of a young ascending team with nothing to lose and then you know they go they they play the cowboys who uh, just have a lot of guys that are suspect in the playoffs in that organization and yeah no love love looks every bit of the part so
0: and also can Matt
2: LaFleur get some credit yeah that too he's been LaFleur. in the
0: league for five years not made the playoffs once 68% winning percentage uh, and the one time they didn't make the playoffs was a was the Sunday night game against Detroit when Detroit blew him out. I like can he finally get some credit? they are the first team since 2010 to make the playoffs with no all pros the other three teams this year with no all pros commanders panthers and patriots i mean that's pretty remarkable that is pretty insane what he's able to do sports facts texas a&m is getting boat race right now that's fine i mean I bet Arkansas in that game, and there's some games that are on the schedule and they're, quote-unquote, scheduled losses. This game, especially after beating Kentucky, is a great spot to fade them. A, quote-unquote, scheduled loss. Matt Reed chimes in, astute commentary about Belichick not going to Dallas. c Spear 22, thoughts on Tomlin leaving the press comments. Honestly, your team just lost. You're pissed off. I really read nothing into it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. He's already announced he's coming back. To me, he is one of the best coaches in the league right now. I mean, look at that roster. He got in the he got in the playoffs, and your quarterback was Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitch Trubisky. Name one other coach that can do that. Your best player, TJ Watt, is always hurt. You have no run game. Matt Canada was your freaking OC. I think for I think Tomlin isn't, is a great coach. I think LaFleur is a great coach. And I mean, who else going right now, would you consider a quote unquote, like obviously Kyle Shanahan, but you look at everyone else, Belichick gone, Vrabel gone, Carroll gone. Who else around the league would you say, Hey, you know what? This guy's a really great coach. I think Tomlin's one of the best ones in the game right now.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I wouldn't read much into it. Uh, Guys do stuff at the end of the season. They're probably, Probably annoyed he's getting asked about his future when, like, his team just lost right there, end of their season. So, um, Dave
0: Kozak chimes in and you're like, This one, Texas greeting, love to have Tomlin go to the Bears. I mean, that would be a home run there. That would be a home run, obviously. Um, my thoughts on Belichick, real quick, I think he goes to Atlanta. To me, I think he goes to Atlanta. Uh, I was playing around with it. The real interesting domino to fall is where is Vrabel going to go? I mean, that's going to be the interesting one. Where does Vrabel go? And then what happens with the Eagles and what happens with the Cowboys? Do they move on? And I'll be honest, if I'm Belichick and I know he wants to beat Shula and I have the Eagles call me and I have the Falcons call me, I'm going to go to the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And then hire Arthur Smith as my OC. What do you think about that?
2: Uh no, I would not like that.
0: <laughs> what do you think about Greg Roman becoming the OC? Sorry, interviewing for the Bears OC job.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't like that really. I know I know he did some good stuff with uh the other quarterbacks he worked with, like Kaepernick um and Lamar. Uh but I I do know that at the end, eventually that that offense got pretty stale after a couple of years and really didn't receivers didn't really get involved. And I know the bears don't have a lot of great receivers, but I just feel like his offense has a ceiling. Um, it's good. I mean, it seems like it works at first and then long-term doesn't really do as much. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I think he was working with a lot more talent in Baltimore than he would be in Chicago, especially at the uh, quarterback position. So I, I'm not really a fan of it. I think they should probably look elsewhere, but, I also thought they should get a new head coach. So.
0: Now, I'm kicking myself because the clip, I, sh- I just thought of this right now. I don't know if you remember, Reed was on for the NFC North preview. And I told him, I laid out the Bears going bad for him. And my question to him at that time was, do the Bears move off of Justin Fields? Now they have the top pick because Carolina sucked. I'm asking you right now. Are they moving off of Justin Fields?
2: Well, I think when I answered that in the preseason, I did not expect them to have the number one pick. Um, Now that I think, now that they have the number one pick, I'd I'd be kind of stunned if they didn't. Uh, I think it it makes all the sense in the world. I think, you know, Fields would be a statistical outlier to morph into, you know, this great quarterback after three years of so so to subpar play. I know he's got the splash plays and he's shown some flashes, but flashes really were get people fired um cuz they, you know, they see that and they're trying to I just think I just think it makes too much sense to move off. I think they hit the lottery getting the number 1 pick and I I don't I don't think it helps. You know, you have to mention also that the guy they would be taking is very highly regarded among NFL yeah. scouts and and he's been the number 1 pick since he stepped onto the field as a freshman at Oklahoma, or at least I remember thinking this guy this guy's got the talent to go one. So when you have the opportunity to draft a guy like that at one, and then you also have a quarterback that has not, you know, exactly proven that he can consistently win in this league, I think, you know, it's just kind of the business of the NFL that I think they'll probably move on.
0: Um so I have a couple of these. see spirit chimes in again what nfl futures are you thinking about for next year so reed i'm ahead of the game here so I'll, I'll give you a minute to think these are the ones i'm looking at okay um obviously first one i'm gonna play the chargers to win it all obviously they're getting a new head coach in there they're winning per- right now they have the fifth easiest schedule compared to for nfl teams this year winning percentage so if you get harbaugh in there who interviewed there today brings in maybe brings in Greg Roman automatically that culture, that team is going to be insanely different than what they had with Staley. You have a great quarterback in Herbert. So I'm going to be looking at the chargers at anything over 20 to one to make the playoffs. The next one is I'm going to get is I'm probably going to play the Falcons to make the playoffs. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL I am going to bet the Ravens team, the Ravens under, and I'm probably going to bet the Rams to win it all. Cause I think they run it back. I think the Rams are just missing a couple pieces. I think, I think the Rams will run it back. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Cooper, Cooper cup. Dave Kozak chimes in Roman. Okay. For a two year window, then find an Oki. Okay. OC stud. Um, Great questions guys keep them coming we need to dive in to our takeaways read takeaway number 1 what you got my man All
2: right and we kind of touched on it earlier but um so maybe I'll stay more to one side than initially but basically my first takeaway was uh Dallas and Miami two teams that during the regular season people loved um they I don't think either one has the quarterback they need um and I think I don't know if that's necessarily like you know, hottest take out there, but, you know, Dallas to come out and Dak, especially to come out playing like that. And I know, you know, he ended up throwing like 400 yards and three touchdowns, like in the second half and all that. But I like, you cannot come out in a playoff game and go punt, pick, punt, pick, pick six being the second interception. And, you know, he, you know, he makes franchise guy money and all that. And I understand he's fantastic in the regular season last like three years since McCarthy's been the coach Cowboys have the second most wins uh, only to the chiefs, but just, he, he just, he's come on the playoff short so many times. And I feel like once you get to a certain point, you're just that guy. And so, I don't know. I, if I was Dallas, it, it may be hard, but I just think you have to like have a hard look in the mirror about Dak Prescott and then Miami. Uh, I know you're with me on this. I know you're not a big Tua a guy, I've never been a Tua guy, and I've always thought it's, it's kind of been a little fake in Miami, like McDaniels kind of holding his hand and saying, hey, here's Tyreek Hill on a dig, 15 yards over the middle. He's going to be open. And, you know, Tua throws some awful picks sometimes because he's kind of throwing with a lot of anticipation. But uh I don't know. It, bad game against the Chiefs. I know it was freezing cold, but didn't bother Mahomes. He seemed to be throwing the ball. Okay. And that's, you have to go through in the AFC um Tua down the stretch, really struggled. He had a bad, bad game, multiple turnovers against Baltimore. Uh, you know, not a great performance through the game ceiling pick against Buffalo. And then KC lays a stinker only scored seven points. I mean, and that game could have been a lot worse. I mean, Kansas city kind of was mu- like kind of not taking it seriously in the red zone. It seemed like they only converted two out of five for, Touchdowns. So it could have been a lot worse 26 7. So that was my first takeaway. Tua and Dak, just, you know, right on my forehead, do not believe in these guys to win a big playoff game.
0: I'm not a Tua guy. Uh, Bobby Thomas chimed in. I'm not a Tua guy. Um, Tua has two wins the last two seasons over teams with a winning record. And also, as Gino pointed out when I was on his podcast, Tua's record. Completion percentage, yards per game, everything goes down as the season progresses. He gets worse. And they're tied to him. Next year is the last year of his contract. And I really don't, I really think if they struggle, if they don't win at least one playoff game, I think they look to move on. And I was talking with this the other day. If you're the Dolphins, would you rather have Tua or Kyler Murray?
2: I mean it's it's Kyler Murray. I, I mean the, the fact of the matter is, and you saw it late in that Kansas City game, when his when the guys aren't open right away, there's no secondary playmaking from to a tag of Iowa. Um, yeah. he can he can hit guys with precision, but once he moves in that kind of second reaction space where maybe you have to break the pocket, you have to extend the play a little bit, he's useless. Like there's no he provides nothing to you in a playmaking aspect. He doesn't add anything outside of what the offense is there. Um, he's kind of the opposite of what I watch the Bears every week in Justin Fields, who provides all the playmaking, but within structure struggles. Two is the exact opposite. Who he can't extend plays. He just doesn't, I don't know. He just he can't extend plays. He's not naturally gifted enough to do so and to add to an offense. But
0: his footwork in the with, pockets. Yeah. At like time. to go from watching what Jordan Love was able to do against the Cowboys mm-hmm. to watching Tua was insane. Tua's footwork is awful in the pocket. Tua or Justin Fields.
2: Probably probably Justin Fields, but I don't to I me. Don't know. I mean you absolutely. have to tell me the coach. you don't have to tell me the coach. Like if, you if you're ever McDaniel call plays. McDaniels,
0: see, I'd rather have fields. I'd rather have fields. I think fields, to me, fields can extend plays. I'm a true believer that left-handed cornerbacks, left-handed QBs, it's hard for them to be good in this league just because of the offensive line. The responsibility is different and the ball comes out of the hand different. So to get the wide receivers, play calls have to be different. It's hard for a left-handed quarterback to be successful. And I just don't like Tua's throwing motion, balls flow, his footwork sucks, and he's small. He struggles to see over the line a lot. And he came into the league with an unrealistic yeah. um, comparison to
2: Drew Baze. I I agree with that. And sorry, one more thing. But I will say, within structure, like he will throw with anticipation and he will throw on time. So if you're having a guy like McDaniel or Shanahan call plays where that's heavily required, I would rather have... Tua like in that situation than Justin Fields, who's who's purely second react. He can't create plays, but within structure, like I don't love how Tua throws. I don't love how like Justin Fields throws either. But I don't know. I I think it's a toss up. But yeah, I, most teams I'd rather have Fields. So.
0: Um, yes, XFL Jim is on Team Tua, so he would be pissed. Uh, my first takeaway: I absolutely hated the Browns' game plan. Last couple years, I've been hard on Skafansky, but I thought this year I thought he did a great job with all the injuries they had, and I gave was giving credit where credit was due. They were without both tackles, without Chubb, numerous injuries. They got Flacco off the street, basically playing a fourth round, fourth string quarterback, and you made it to the playoffs. But what I didn't like about that game was the week before the Texans ran mainly trap and counter plays, rushing 37 times for 227 yards. Averaging 6.1 yards per rush. The Browns didn't use any counters and used a handful of trap plays. I don't understand why you didn't do it. If my ass sitting down, watching the game on my couch can notice this, why isn't Skifansky putting that in the game plan? Browns rushed for 20 times for 58 yards, averaging 2.8 yards per rush. Literally, what the heck are you doing? Also, Amari Cooper, last game, 11 receptions, 256 yards. This game, you only give him five targets. Look, I understand when on the deep routes, the deep close the flies, they always had a safety going over their help. Why not work the underneath with them? Why not give your playmakers the ball? That's what I don't understand. Anyone that thinks the Browns are going to go in there when Amari Cooper was fourth, fourth, David Bell and Harris Bryant, had Harrison Bryant, excuse me, had more targets than Amari Cooper. You can't win in the league when your number one wide receiver is only getting five targets in a playoff situation. For as much credit as I gave Skafansky this season, I thought he'd take a huge step backwards in that game on Saturday against the Texans.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it was his first playoff game that he ever coached. So maybe that was why. But uh, yeah, no, I thought they got a little too pass happy. I think they started riding uh, Flacco's coattails a little too much, especially, you know, with the success he had at the end of the season. I think they thought they had maybe a little more than they did.
0: Now, second takeaway read, what are we working with, my friend?
2: This is uh, it's a little bit of a niche one, but the end of the Rams and Lions, I thought, was decided by coaching. I thought – and I'm going to give Dan Campbell his flowers. I thought a lot of people, you know, they were talking about biting off kneecaps and a lot of people were making fun of him. I thought at the end of the game, he managed it better than McVay. First of all, McVay early in the second half, a couple of times, burned timeouts because their operation wasn't great enough. So at the end of the game, when they need to stop the clock, he doesn't have them. So that was an advantage to Detroit. I also thought, uh that detroit had a key third and four like four minutes left or i'm sorry the rams did and detroit stopped them and they're on the 34 and there's a holding and campbell could have let the rams kick the field goal for 51 yards or send them back he took a little bit of a risk to send them back to knock them out of field goal range and then incomplete pass and mcveigh punts right now he punted with four minutes left he won timeout i didn't love it even though it was fourth and 14 but I just thought McVay kind of handled the end of that game poorly. And then I thought Campbell, uh, you know, I thought he did a good job first playoff game. And, you know, in a close game like that, it comes down to little things like that. On the fourth and goal, no one wanted to give him credit the day after. But on fourth and goal from the two, what it was, a lot of people are kicking that field goal. A lot of people think it's the right decision to kick that field goal. But in a game you win by one point, scoring a touchdown on fourth and goal from the two is the difference. I thought he made a lot of – I thought he made a lot of gutsy decisions that he's made all year and team has a clear path. I don't know. Detroit, they, that was impressive on uh, on Sunday night.
0: Campbell is good question mark, or is it the DC and OC time will tell when they move on. That's a good point. Cause we obviously Sirianni struggling a lot with no, um, without their DC and OC from last year. So maybe, um, Maybe that'll be the case with Campbell. Um, there's Yeah, I, look, I'm a Lions fan, and I'm not going to lie. I think I paced 15,000 steps during the game. There was a couple of missed calls in the game that went the Lions way, shockingly. Also, it's kind of funny. I got 18 text messages after that game. For the text messages, I haven't talked to these people in years. One, I got one text message from somebody. The last text message sent was April of 2021. I mean, just think about that, dude. That's just absolutely insane. My next takeaway: Windows close fast, sometimes really fast. Week thirteen, Eagles eleven and one, sitting on top of the NFC, Super Bowl favorites, and Hertz was one of the betting MVP favorites. The Cowboys nine and two, Dak was a the betting favorite. Someone mentioned in the comments he was plus two hundred to win the MVP at that time. Cowboys were the fifth highest betting favorite to make the Super Bowl. Now this year, now this week. Both of them are eliminated on wild card weekend. Both of them, rumors are they could be making coaching changes. Jason Kelsey announced he is retiring. A.J. Brown, multiple players are unhappy with the offense. And the back seven is one of the worst in the game. Hurts, obviously, in my eyes, maybe Jalen Hurts is hurt. Maybe he's taking a step backwards. He's mission Steve Starkit. That is crystal clear to me. He did not get the coaching to be successful. Flip side, the Cowboys, they need to play Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, and CeeDee Lamb. Reality of situation is what? They can't afford all of them. Dan Quinn could be moving on. And I mean, you just kind of think about everything I just laid out for you. At week 13, do we think any of this was possible? Do we think both these teams would be talking about coaching changes, Kelsey retiring, Cowboys potentially blowing it up and starting over, Cowboys maybe even moving on from Dak? Windows can close fast, and these teams have to stay on the situations. And I'm not going to lie, as soon as the Eagles moved to Matt Patricia, I knew it was done. To be that desperate and to move on to Matt Patricia, I'm done. Um Cowboys, I talked about it last week. this is their worst rushing year since in like four years. They're obviously obviously missed a Zeke Elliott they did have, they couldn't stop the run. they couldn't run the ball. Windows closed fast and both those teams windows they closed insanely fast even in this season. I mean think about week thirteen was what eight, seven weeks ago, six weeks. think how yeah. how close how much everyone's perception of those teams changed and what they are. So that's mine. Windows closed, and they closed insanely fast. Now, we have met. We have reached everyone's favorite part of the show, the betting part. Real quick, we had history last week. And one real quick thing on Dak Prescott. Did you know Prescott sent history last week, my friend?
2: Most pass attacks in the game?
0: No. He tied the record set by... Carson Palmer as the worst quarterback, ATS, at home. So, shout out to Dak Prescott. That's what we appreciate you for. Now, let's bring up how we did last week. Banner week for the old show. Bryce from the I Need It Sports podcast. He had the Rams plus three winner. Najoku over 55 and a half receiving yards winner. Isaiah Pacheco over 65 and a half rushing yards winner. Old Uncle Rico had Rams plus three and a half winner. Packers plus seven and a half winner. And the Chiefs minus four winner. So the pressure's on, buddy. The wow. pressure.
2: All right. On. I feel good about these. The
0: pressure's on. No pressure. I'm laying you. You're the guest. I'm letting you kick off, my friend. Where are you going?
2: All right. I'll start with uh, my favorite one we got. We have 49ers. Team total over 30.5. So we need Niners to score 31 points or more. Here's a couple things. First of all, Packers run defense. Not great. Uh, 28th in yards allowed this year on average. They allow 128 yards per game on the ground. That's on average. That's not even when they're playing you know, great teams or anything. Niners, when they go over 128 yards this year, they average 34 points per game. Uh, I got more. Continuing, if we talk about the Packers, I know they just beat up on Dallas on Sunday. They did let up 32. I know it was in garbage time. Okay, well, that may not matter. However, they're on the field for 89 plays. And while it's garbage time, that's still taxing on the body. You still have to tackle people. You still got to run with guys. You're not playing any slower. Um I don't think the Packers' defense is all that. I think Shanahan going against Joe Barry is a matchup that should be one to exploit. Here's something else to say about this defense. The Carolina Panthers, in the last eight games of the year, they scored 73 points. 30 of those 73, almost half, came against the Packers um, on the Packers traveling to Carolina. So I think traveling to San Francisco, it's a young team. They just got the biggest win, probably any of those. Most of those guys have had in their lives. I think it was a lot of Green Bay last week, but I think it was a lot of partially Dallas not, you know, living up to the hype and all that. So I would, you know, kind of say Niners minus 10, but that's a lot of points to swallow. So I think they're going to score a bunch on them. Uh, Jordan Love might have a successful day. So I Niners team total over 30 and a half. I think they could get into the 40s. I think I think Shanahan runs it up. Uh, he's always had a Green Bay's number.
0: Um. Yeah. Like this. This game could completely blow out. I'm just happy you aren't telling us to bet the Panthers anymore. Yeah. I mean, I after they lost that game against the Bucks, I don't know if you saw the last game of the season. Read they scored two touchdowns that were called off the board, missed two field goals. I had a plus five and a half in a straight up win. Um. Yeah. I like this. I think that I think they could move the ball. Packers struggle defending the run. I think the 49ers could put it up on them. Um, My next bet, going to a player prop. I am going, and I love this because I'm not used to player props being out this early. I am really not used to player props being out this early. Mike Evans over 64 and a half receiving yards. Lions give up the third most receiving yards, two wide receivers, a game during the regular season, allowing 181.2 yards per game. They're 16th DVOA defending the wide receiver, 23rd DVOA defending wide receiver ones, plus they are 29th DVOA defending the deep pass. That is an insane great matchup for Mike Evans. The last five wide receiver ones, the Lions played Puka 9 for 181, Justin Jefferson 12 for 192, CD Lamb. 12 for 227s. Jefferson, again, 6 for 141. Jerry Judy, 3 for 79. That's 8.4 receptions per game, 163 yards per game to those wide receivers. Evans went over this total 10 games a season. He leads the Bucks in target share with a 24%. For the year, he is averaging 70 yards per game. This Lions secondary is god-awful. I think this game... Is going to be a shootout. Both these defense struggle. I am taking Mike Evans over 64 and a half receiving yards, my friend. And I love it. I don't understand why player props can't be out this early during the regular season. Maybe because of injuries. I get it. But the fact they're out this year, this early, is great. And guys watching this, hop on this one early because we saw Devontae Smith's jump up almost 10 yards for for last week. So make sure to jump on that. Uh, Next one, Reed, this one, we actually co-signed on this one. Yeah. So, good Why are we on the Texans plus the nine and a half?
2: All right. Well, I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I was very impressed with the Texans last game against the Browns. I thought they came out great. Clearly D'Amico is not afraid of the playoffs. And also, you know, some of the, you know, with this Texans team is they've been in playoff mode for a couple of weeks now. Like they had to fight, you know, it was winner get in against the Colts. Now, you know, they had a winner win or, you know, a wild card game against the Browns and now they're just continuing that on with the Ravens. But the Ravens starters rested week 18 off last week. I know rest helps, especially this time of year. And they're definitely probably fresher than the Texans, but I think there's something to be said about a team that's coming in the game that's been scraping their teeth, uh, in trying to stay alive versus, a, you know, especially with nine and a half points in a stud rookie and Stroud. Also, Ravens, kind of a team that's played with their food a little bit this year. And historically, Lamar as a favorite, forty-two percent against the spread when it's three and a half or more points. When he's favored by seven and a half or more points, he's one in eight against the spread. However, that that one was the Texans Week One this year, but one in eight. And then you get some possible poor weather, cold weather in Baltimore this weekend. I think Texans plus nine and a half. It's too many points over a touchdown with what I, what I think is a top 10 quarterback playing or how he's playing right now uh, in a defense that tackles. And they tackle really well, and that's big in the postseason. So I think they keep this within the number. I got Texans nine and a half. What say you?
0: I like it. Obviously, I was going to mention Lamar stat, but I'll let you have that one. These are... I'm just going to go trend-heavy on this one. Home favorites in the divisional round, 42.1% ATS. Home teams in the divisional round that lost the final week of the season. Okay? 16.7% against the number. Home teams in the divisional round that are home favorites that lost their last game of the season. 11.8% against the number. Home teams in the divisional round laying seven points or more. 35.3% ATS. Um, One seeds in the divisional round. 35% against the number. So we're having all these trends plus Lamar Jackson trend that it says to bet the Texans. Oh yeah, it's DJ Stroud. Business casual 6-2 and two this year as a dog. I know people are saying to Fade Stroud on the road, look, I said it before the draft, I think this kid is special. I think this kid is the real deal. I think he is the one that defies logic. Ravens, I know they're trying to get Lamar to throw him off, or throw him off but at the end of the day, this is a rushing team. And the Texans are 2-DVOA stopping the run. I think they're going to force Jackson to make throws and he has yet to show us in a playoff setting he can do it all his stuff funnels to the middle he still can't throw the ball to the outside i'm going to trust ryan's going to have a game plan and that's what they're going to force him to do we still don't know the status of mark andrews if andrews comes back is what percentage is he is he going to be because he had a serious injury are they're going to force him the ball is he going to be up the game speed i don't think so i'm going to take stroud here i'm going to take the texans here i'm going to take the plus nine and a half I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line just because I don't trust Lamar to make the throws. And all the trends say to take the Texans. So you know what? Give me the Texans here plus I'll
2: And I'll throw in one more thing. Do you remember the last time the Ravens had Lamar win the MVP? They were coming off the bye, and they were playing a scrappy AFC South team in the divisional round?
0: The old Mike Vrabel Titans.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, I remember. No, yeah. I think I Texas too many points with nine and a half.
0: The next one, and we're calling this one the old XFL Gym Special. What are you working with, my friend?
2: All right. We have a two-team teacher this week. We got six six points. So we've got Lions down to 0.5 and the Chiefs up to plus eight and a half. And here's where this is coming from. So Lions already beat this Bucs team on the road. Uh, I think this Tampa team's kind of been Jekyll and Hyde all year. Um, You know, they've been hot, they've been cold, and they just play, I think some, you know, that I don't have a stat for this, but I can just, just from watching, you know, they played an Eagles team at home um, and that Eagles team just didn't seem in it. You know, they questionable coaching, like they're in turmoil. Now you've guys yelling, it hurts on the sideline. I just think like, to go from playing like a team that's like kind of half out of it at home to having to go into that environment in Detroit. I mean, they were wild on Sunday. I, I, I mean, it's going to be crazy in there on Saturday or Sunday, which, whichever day they play. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough adjustment. So I think Detroit might get on them early. Bulls loves to blitz. I think Amon Ra and Laporta are great outlets for Goff, who has been – He's been great this year. I mean, Jared Goff has thrown 30 touchdowns, 4,500 yards. Uh, I I think the Lions just win this one here. Uh, And so, you know, you have the minus 0.5. So you just need him to win uh, with ties out the window. And then Chiefs, plus 8.5. It's simple. Mahomes as an underdog. He's 80% against the spread as an underdog. Six and three straight up as an underdog. Uh, For his career, he's actually better on the road against the spread, 28 and 20, in road – or neutral games, but he's 20 and 25 at home against a spread. So he's actually a better against a spread quarterback on the road. Uh, Chiefs offense moved against Miami. I mean, they struggled in the red zone, played with their food a little bit, but they're moving up and down on Miami. And I think something that maybe could have gone unnoticed is Buffalo. They had Bernard go down, uh, the linebacker who had been good for them, filling in for Milano. Uh, they have Rapp go down against the Dolphins, picking off two at the end of the game. Rasul Douglas is an injury to watch. He's been great for them this year, but he was out last week with a knee injury. How healthy is he going to be? Pittsburgh was moving the ball with Mason Rudolph up and down the field on Buffalo in the second half. It seemed like I think Kansas city is going to find some similar success, especially over the middle of the field. Kelsey. I know he dropped those two, but it was negative 30 wind chill. I can understand someone dropping a couple gimmies. I think, In Buffalo, it might not be the same, but I think Kelsey over the middle can be a factor for the chiefs and I'd take them to win, but they definitely have not been the same team this year, but to keep it within eight and a half, one possession, I think Kansas city plus eight and a half and then the lions to win. I think both of those are both very possible or very likely.
0: Eagles were the best matchup for the bucks. I agree with that. I, I think, I think that was good. Um, mayfield is hurt mayfield is really banged up From what I, everything i read i thought mayfield wasn't going to go i was surprised he did um that bills chiefs game is going to be insane and reed i don't know if you know this i am so invested in bill's futures right now i got him at like plus 210 to make the playoffs nine to one to win the afc um east i got him like 25 i think to one to win the afc and i have a 50 to one
2: to win the to win the super bowl
0: all this when they were six and six, just rattling it all off, man. If you, um,
2: if you if you got if you thought they were going to beat the Chiefs in that game, the play was to just take the take them long.
0: Yeah, I mean it was. I don't know. I hope that game was up. And I'll be honest, the Lions game, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I'm going to be pacing because this is a game where everyone thinks they're going to be winning. They should win this game, and oh my god, dude! If they make it to the... the crazy thing is. If they can they mess around and beat San Francisco, they totally could. Yes, totally. Because I really think Campbell is really good at it when he's like, it's our backs, like, we're against it. Everyone's saying we can't do it. And now you're playing this Tampa Bay team. Like, I think he, like, played up this week going into it to golf, dude. You know what? These guys don't want you. These guys, you know what? They wanted Stafford, and he played it up. But the, my worry point is – is he going to be able to handle the Todd Bulls billets? That's my worried point. Yeah. Jerry Goff, my next bet it's another player prop. Like I said, I love him, these player props. Early, I'm going with Iowa's finest Sam Laporta over 40 and a half receiving yards. Bucks allow the third most yards per game to opposing tight ends 63.4 yards per game, allowing 10.6 yards per reception. Last game, Laporta. He didn't go over his total. He only had 36 yards, four and a half off on four receptions, but he had 11 targets with the bulls blitz. Like you mentioned, Goff's going to have to get the ball in the middle, get it out of his pocket quick. Also in terms of the middle of the field, everything the lions run is filtered toward the middle of the field. Hence why Brown and Laporta are one, two in targets. Laporta has gone over this total in 10 games this season. I think we're going to get a week here. I think he's downgraded because he did so poorly against the Rams. So I'm taking Sam Laporta over 40 and a half receiving yards, my friend. Reed, I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking a little NFL. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend?
2: Yeah, just set the uh, the handle right here on Twitter. I gotta get I gotta get tweeting a little more. But
0: yeah, you gotta pick it up, dude. It's been slacking, dude. You definitely know your stuff. Yeah. It's been slacking, dude. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll be back next week with the one, the only. She is making her premiere on the E Talk Two One Sports Show. Lady Effing D is going to be here. We'll be looking back at the divisional round and sharing our AFC and NFC championship games. Make sure to check that out. Also, give my boy Reed a follow. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, guys.